Is it possible for Christians to be depressed? Does anybody in the Bible or giants of church history struggle with depression? This is the Ask the Biblical Counselor podcast. I'm your host, Chase Thompson. Today we're talking about depression and we're going to find out that you are not alone if you struggle with depression. In fact, you're in great company because many giants of the faith in the past also dealt with depression. But before we get to that, please allow me to introduce myself since this is our first episode. I'm Chase. I'm a pastor, writer, and counselor serving in sunny Salinas, California, just down the road from Silicon Valley. I'm not a native Californian and in fact, I'm originally from Alabama, but my family and I have lived here in Salinas for over five years. I've been in pastoral ministry for 25 years, a little more than that actually, and have been counseling people for about that long too. Now, Salinas is a great city. It's located in a great area. We're only a few miles away from the Pacific Ocean, but even though the city population is almost to 170,000 people, there are no dedicated Christian counseling resources in our entire city. We founded the Salinas Christian Counseling Center to help change that. If you're local to the Salinas, Monterey area, and you need biblical or Christian counseling, let me encourage you to get in touch with us at our website, which is salinaschristiancounseling.com. That is salinaschristiancounseling.com. That's also the way to submit a question or comment for Ask the Biblical Counselor. So jump over there and drop us a line. So the Ask the Biblical Counselor podcast will be topically oriented, and in each season of the show, representing a dozen or so episodes, we're going to focus in on one particular topic of mental health that is important to Christians. In this, our first season, the spotlight is going to be on depression. Upcoming seasons will see us target different issues such as insomnia, sleep issues, addiction, and marriage. Today's episode is inspired by a question from Paula, a central coast of California resident who asks, I was raised to believe that Christians should be joyful always, and therefore it's sinful for a Christian to be depressed. Is that true? Are Christians not allowed to be depressed? Well, hey, that is a great question, and it's one that is worth grappling with. It's most certainly true that the Bible commands Christians to always be joyful. We see it in a passage like 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 17, which says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. We also see it in a passage like Philippians 4, 4, which you might be familiar with, and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Now that makes it clear that joy should be the steady state reality of a Christian, but when you keep reading in 1 Thessalonians, we see we're supposed to also pray ceaselessly and always be thankful. And as you might imagine, that's a high bar. Never stop praying, always be thankful and joyful. Where could a state like depression possibly fit in with a lifestyle of constant thanksgiving and joy? Well, that's a tough question. And in order to answer it, we probably need to spend a few minutes discussing just exactly what depression is. Pre-pandemic studies showed that nearly 10% of women and almost as many American men will experience a depressive episode in any given year. Unfortunately, more recent research indicates that depression among adults in the United States tripled in the early 2020 months of the global coronavirus pandemic 
jumping from 8.5% to 10% before the pandemic to a staggering 27.8%. And Boston University School of Public Health's 2021 study reveals that the elevated rate of depression persisted and grew in that year, with 32.8% of American adults grappling with depression. That represents one-third of the population. Now, that trend is affecting children and young adults also. Some people say it's affecting them even more with the pandemic causing steady increases in depression rates among those aged 10 to 24 and the year 2021 seeing the highest children and young adult suicide rates since records were kept in 1968. So suicide is sometimes the end result of depression is the leading cause of violent death worldwide, accounting for 49.1% of all violent deaths, which compares to 18.6% of violent deaths being caused by war and 31.3% of violent deaths being caused by homicide. Well, what exactly is depression? In a sense, it sort of depends on who you ask, but there are medical consensuses out there. Uh, For instance, the National Institute of Mental Health asks this question. Do you feel sad, empty, and hopeless most of the day, nearly every day? Have you lost interest or pleasure in your hobbies or being with friends and family? Are you having trouble sleeping, eating, and functioning? If you felt this way for at least two weeks, you may have depression, a serious but treatable mood disorder. What is depression? Everyone feels sad or low sometimes, but these feelings usually pass with a little time. Depression, also called clinical depression or a depressive disorder or even major depressive disorder, is a mood disorder that causes distressing symptoms that affect how you feel, think, and actually handle everyday activities like sleeping, eating, or working. To be diagnosed with depression, symptoms should be present most of the day nearly every day for at least two weeks. Well, what are the symptoms of depression? You go to WebMD, you can see that they say if you have five or more of the following eight symptoms on most days for two weeks or longer, then you might be diagnosed with clinical depression or major depressive disorder if you went to a doctor. Here are the eight symptoms. Once again, if you have five or more of these, For most days, for two weeks or longer, a doctor who sees you might diagnose you with clinical depression or major depressive disorder. Number one, loss of interest or pleasure in your activities. Number two, weight loss or gain. Number three, trouble getting to sleep or feeling sleepy during the day. Number four, feeling restless and agitated or else very sluggish and slowed down physically or mentally. Number five, being tired and without energy. Number six, feeling worthless or guilty. Number seven, trouble concentrating or making decision. And number eight, thoughts of suicide. Now, again, your doctor might diagnose you with major depression if you've had five or more of those symptoms most days for two weeks or longer. So according to the National Institute of Mental Health, here are some of the signs and symptoms of depression. You'll notice it really matches up quite well with what MD, WebMD says. Persistent, sad, anxious, or empty mood. Feelings of hopelessness or pessimism. 
Feelings of guilt, worthlessness, or helplessness, loss of interest or pleasure in hobbies or activities, decreased energy, fatigue, or being slowed down, difficulty concentrating, remembering, or making decisions, difficulty sleeping, early morning awakening, or oversleeping. Appetite or weight changes, thoughts of death or suicide or suicide attempts, restlessness or irritability or aches, pains, headaches, cramps, or digestive problems without a clear medical cause that don't get better even with some sort of treatment. So what are the causes of depression? Well, if you ask around and do some research on medical sites, you'll find that depression can have many causes. Genetics, seasons in life, seasons of the year, medications, stressors, hormones, etc. You might be surprised to discover that many famous people from history and celebrities from today have struggled with depression. For instance, both Winston Churchill, the former Prime Minister of England, and former United States President Abraham Lincoln both fought depression. So did Samuel Johnson, who wrote the preeminent dictionary in the English language before the Oxford English Dictionary dethroned it 150 years later. Winston Churchill referred to depression as his black dog. Samuel Johnson called it this vile melancholy. And when in its grip, Abraham Lincoln described himself as the most miserable man living. Modern celebrities that fight depression include Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, the author of the Harry Potter series, J.K. Rowling, Harrison Han Solo Ford, and Chris Captain America Evans. So we can see from just that brief survey that fame, good looks, money, intelligence, power, And I don't know, even being an Avenger don't protect you from depression. And even being a fictional figure doesn't protect you from depression either, as one of my biggest heroes, Sherlock Holmes, was noted to have frequent bouts of depression. Here is how Dr. Watson described one such episode in the Sherlock Holmes short story, The Rygate Puzzle. Dr. Watson says, On referring to my notes, I see that it was upon the 14th of April that I received a telegram from Lyon which informed me that Holmes was lying ill in the Hotel Doulon. Within 24 hours, I was in his sick room and was relieved to find that there was nothing formidable in his symptoms. Even his iron constitution, however, had broken down under the strain of an investigation which had extended over two months, during which period he had never worked less than 15 hours a day and had more than once, as he assured me, kept to his task for five days at a stretch. Even the triumphant issue of his labors could not save him from reaction after so terrible an exertion and at a time when all of Europe was ringing with his name and when his room was literally ankle deep with congratulatory telegrams, I found him a prey to the blackest depression. Even the knowledge that he had succeeded where the police of three countries had failed and that he had outmaneuvered at every point the most accomplished swindler in Europe was insufficient to rouse him from his nervous prostration. So, fictional figures, celebrities, politicians, intellectual people, what about Christians and saints? Are Christians immune from depression? Does following Jesus, believing in God, protect you from the possibility of depression? And I 
think scripture and church history is going to demonstrate for us that the answer is a resounding no. And let's look at some examples of Christians through the ages and in the Bible who have dealt with depression. For instance, one is one of my real-life heroes, the Prince of Preachers himself, Charles Spurgeon. He said, I am the subject of depressions of spirit so fearful that I hope none of you ever get to such extremes of wretchedness as I go to. Now, this is one of the most brilliant, godly, biblical, and successful pastors that has ever lived. And here he is saying that he has episodes of depression that are stunning and that are extreme in their wretchedness. What about some people in the Bible? How about some people that followed Yahweh in the Old Testament? How about the second most mentioned person in the Bible, Moses? Numbers chapter 11 verse 10 says this, Moses heard the people, family after family, crying at the entrance of their tents. And the Lord was very angry. Moses was also provoked. So Moses asked the Lord, Why have you brought such trouble on your servant? Why are you angry with me? And why do you burden me with all these people? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? So you should tell me, carry them at your breast as a nursing woman carries a baby to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where can I get meat to give all these people? For they are crying to me, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. They are too much for me. If you are going to treat me like this, please kill me right now. If you are pleased with me, don't let me see my misery anymore. Now, it's true that the Bible doesn't use the word depression quite like we do. But if you can't read Numbers eleven fifteen, where Moses literally asks God to kill him because of his misery and not see depression in there, then maybe you need to get your glasses adjusted because Moses was most certainly suffering from a bout of depression at that point. And we also see Elijah, the mighty prophet of God, suffering similarly in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 2, which reads, So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, May the gods punish me and do so severely if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba that belonged to Judah, he left his servant there, but he went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough. Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Again, clear example of depression. Even more clearly, perhaps, is Psalm 42, written by the sons of Korah, where they say, As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while all day long people say to me, Where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with many, leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. Why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? 
Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. I am deeply depressed. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mazar. One more. How about the prophet Jeremiah? We read his lamentation in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 14, where he says, May the day I was born be cursed. May the day my mother bore me never be blessed. May the man be cursed who brought the news to my father, saying, A male child is born to you, bringing him great joy. Let that man be like the cities the Lord demolished without compassion. Let him hear an outcry in the morning and a war cry at noontime, because he didn't kill me in the womb, so that my mother might have been my grave, her womb eternally pregnant. Why did I come out of the womb to only struggle and sorrow, to end my life in shame. Wow. So there are five examples from church history, and there are almost innumerable others, of massively spiritual and godly men, and there are women too, that have struggled with depression. Medical doctor and Christian author Dr. John Lockley says, being depressed is bad enough in and of itself, but being a depressed Christian is worse. And being a depressed Christian in a church full of people who do not understand depression is like a little taste of hell. The fact of the matter is, dear friends, you are not alone. If you have fought depression, if you are struggling with depression now, not only are you not alone, but you are in the company of some mighty men and women of God who have gone before you. Dr. David Miller is a writer who is a strong Christian, has has written several things about depression and joy over the years, and he says this, perhaps the most obvious symptoms of depression are the depressed person's unhelpful thought patterns, which tend to distort his view of reality in a false and negative way, adding to his depression or anxiety. The authors of the book, Mind Over Mood, note our perception of of an event or experience powerfully affects our emotional, behavioral, and physiological responses to that event. Or, says Miller, as the Bible puts it, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23.7 So friends, when we are under the power of depression... Our perception is warped. The net result of that is, for us, reality is warped. And that can be a deadly danger. It can cripple our relationships with other people, leading to distrust, paranoia, negative thoughts and feelings, discord, hatred, etc. It can dismantle our perception of events also, causing us to view positive events as neutral, neutral events as negative, and negative events as catastrophic. This robs us of the ability to properly respond to these events and gives us a false impression of how our life is going. Now, is there a cure for depression? Well, that's a complicated question, but I will say this. There is help for you if you are studying and struggling with depression. And I want to point out one small bit of help to close out this episode. And then we're going to, over the next few episodes, kind of close out each episode with another tip and another help and another a weapon in the war, essentially, against depression. And the one we're going to open up with is one of the most powerful ones I know of, which is meditation. This is a key weapon given to us to combat unhealthy and destructive 
thought patterns using the supernatural word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. And it's almost as if this passage written almost 2,000 years ago is screaming to us, the word of God is a fantastic weapon against depression and every unhealthy thought, feeling, or anxiety. And we see some examples of the word of God and specifically meditation on the word of God being used in that kind of weapon sense against depression in Psalm 119. For instance, Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I've treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Verse 25, my life is down in the dust. Give me life through your word. Or verse 28, I am weary from grief, says the psalmist. And then he says, strengthen me through your word. Life comes from God's word. Hope comes from the word. Light comes from the word. Strength comes from the word. Healing comes from the word. Sweetness comes from the word. Joy comes from the word. Now, am I telling you that reading the Bible and meditating on scripture is going to cure your depression and make you right as rain in five minutes? Of course I'm not. That's not realistic. But what I am telling you is that a strong weapon in our spiritual arsenal against the distorted thoughts that are produced by depression is meditation on the Word of God. When we fill our minds with the Word of God, any unhealthy thoughts, especially those brought on by depression, will be less likely to take deep roots in our thoughts and feelings and our health. God-honoring thoughts on the converse will be more likely to grow and prosper. We can think of meditation on God's word as a sort of godly, supernatural weed and feed. The word of God helps to suppress bad and harmful thoughts and causes good and helpful thoughts to thrive. Well, that's all for now. In the next episode, we're going to look at... uh some of the myths that people have about depression and hopefully bust some of those and also offer more encouragement to those impacted by depression. So thanks for listening. Do us a favor. Tell a friend about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Good day to you and Godspeed.